business in the building. <laughs> It might be. Thank you for tuning to another episode of the Cho Show podcast here on SwallowReport.com. I'm your host JG Smooth, and today is the uh, is the bowl preview episode. I promised a couple a couple of weeks ago. I uh, hope you all had a happy uh, Thanksgiving. I hope you were able to spend it with family, uh, eat some quality food, and um, watch some quality football. There's a lot of football on uh, this past weekend, and um, a lot of good good games. And so I uh, hope you all were able to uh, to uh, enjoy that. I thoroughly enjoyed. Enjoyed mine. I in turn enjoyed my time off, my little little uh, sabbatical right there. But we are back, and uh, we we are we are ready to uh, jump into some you still sports. So uh, before I jump into the bowl preview, as promised here, I do want to briefly discuss some other uh, other UCL happenings. Uh, um, so uh, this past uh, week on the on the on the hardwood, uh, both the men's and women's teams were in uh, tournaments. Uh, the women's um, went three and zero during the Division Two Puerto Rico Classico in Puerto Rico. Uh, they moved, they advanced now to six and zero on the on the season. Um, on Thursday, they beat Augustana. I believe I believe is how you say their name. Fifty nine to fifty five. Then they beat New Haven. 71-51 on Friday, and then Puerto Rico Bama on 58-54 on Saturday. So, uh, you know, women's team here, you know, um, pretty much a brand new squad due to graduations, injuries, and transfers. And uh, you know, while they don't put up a whole lot of points, uh, you always know that under uh, head coach Guy Hardiker, that that the defense is the is the focal point uh, of any UCL women's basketball team. And um, that has has been the case uh, throughout this whole season so far. I, I've rarely seen opponents shoot over 35, 36%. Uh, and, and, so, and so that's something right there that, that the defense is at a high level. I plan to try to catch a couple of games uh, during the winter break. I've not been able to catch any yet. So uh, hopefully then I'll have some more info uh, for you all on, on the uh on the basketball side of things, and then the men's, uh, the men's went uh, one and one during the uh, West Texas Thanksgiving Classic. Uh, they beat Lubbock Christian 68-63 on Friday, and then lost to to the host team West Texas A&M by four, uh, 66-62 on Saturday. Uh, they go to four and two on the season again, much like the women's team. A lot of new faces. Um, a lot of a lot of the transfers have uh, come in there, um, whether they be JUCOs or uh, D1 transfers. So uh, again, I've not been able to catch them in, in action yet either. I, I do plan to do so again, as I mentioned, just going to go uh, over the over the over the break when I have some more time, uh, and, and 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 then I can provide you more detail then. Um, 
and soccer finally it's wrapped this up here soccer uh they fell they unfortunately fell uh to to, to missouri which is like the third or fourth time they played they played them this season they know how hard it is to be a team that many times uh lost lost to them four to three in the central regional final uh Central missouri scored a sudden victory goal in the 98th minute um so uh you know it was definitely a tough end uh to what has been a historic season for UCL soccer uh they finished 22 and 2 uh, which is the most wins in school history. And then their 16-game winning streak to start the season is also the longest in school history. So, uh, you know, again, even though they fell short of their ultimate goal, it still was a very successful season. And I know that I can speak for the rest of the Yusuf family here and saying that we are very proud of these women for their hard uh, efforts on the on the uh, on the on the field and and that uh, and the fruits of their of their labor. Um, you know, now go down in history, uh, and and so I think they have set the standard now for um, soccer teams to come. So shifting gears now um, to. Uh, to the, to, the, to um, some UCL football. Uh, before we jump into the actual preview part, um, I believe it was last Sunday, uh, like literally like the day after I recorded the podcast, uh, this came out, um, and that is the all MIAA honors. And uh, UCL, I believe, had 17 guys honored. Um, that that is uh, that is a pretty hefty sum. Uh, we there, there were two first team. Uh, all conference guys in uh, offensive lineman Noah Hammonds and defensive back O'Shea Harris. Uh, and then the second team, you had offensive lineman Tyler Stillwell and a defensive end Justin Stewart. And then on third team, uh, you had wide receiver Dustin Boskis, center Nick George, my man, a defensive end Eli Hooks. Uh, linebacker Colton Lindsay, a linebacker Alex Figueroa, and defensive back Malik Walker. And then on the honorable mention, uh, you have Clay McKenzie, uh, Mikhail Hall, Dante McGee, Alex Covello, Noble Librarian, and my other man, Jakari Headhunter Hunt. Um, so th- again, that is a lot of uh, honors there. Um, I was most notably surprised here about uh, Nick uh, George. He had probably injuries uh, a lot, and to, to still make third team despite missing uh, a lot of action, I, I think just tells um, how much respect uh, he actually has. Uh, so um, that 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 says a lot right there. But again, uh, congratulations to to uh, to uh, uh, all these all these guys here. Um, you know. Even the uh, honorable mention people, uh, you know Clay. I mean Clay has eight touchdowns on the on the on the season. Uh, I believe almost seven hundred yards. Uh, is the leading rusher. Um, McKeel Hall, you know, is a guy I have been critical of this whole season. And uh, to his to his credit, um, he stepped up when 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 needed and and uh, you know got himself an All Conference honor. Um, Dante McGee has been a solid blocker all season. Uh, and Jacory Hunt uh, has definitely been a force in the middle uh, at safety spot again, putting a dude in a neck brace again. Jacory um, uh, definitely uh, is, is a physical presence back there. Uh, and then you know on third team, um, 
I mean, Eli, again, could not have happened to a, to a better guy. And then, uh, you know, so, so, you know, so again, um, you know, uh, again, I, I'm happy for them. I, I uh, want to give them all a shout out here. So if they all have been listening uh, to the podcast, uh, congratulations on behalf of Cho Show and FollowPort.com here. Uh, congratulations on your on your honors. I know those are not easy to uh, to uh, obtain. So uh, yeah, um, very 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 proud of those Broncos. Now moving on to the bowl preview here. Uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, uh, UCO takes on Angelo State in the Champs Heart of Texas Bowl, uh, December first in Waco, Texas. Um, Angelo State uh, is a team we still used to play often back in the uh, uh, NAIA days and when they were both in the Lone Star Conference. Uh, Angelo State is still in the Lone Star Conference. Um, Angelo State is 6-5 on the season. Uh, I think they have won three out of the last four. I do know that they dropped they dropped their uh, last game uh, 54-38 Tarleton State. Uh, they also have 17 all-conference guys, and they are also under the leadership uh, of a new coach because I had read, uh, this my man Chris Chris Brandon here for, for providing providing the info that uh, otherwise would be kind of hard hard to find here. Um, you know, they 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 are under the new leadership now of. Uh, Jeff, and I hope I say this right here, Jeff Gersh, uh, who took over as head coach um, after the Rams uh, dismissed the previous head coach, Will Wagner, uh, following the team, following uh, the team's Week 10 matchup. Uh, he was 48 and 40 in eight seasons. Uh, so, um, and Angelo State also, as a side note here, I read, uh, give me one sec here while I jotted this down at, uh, uh, State, there we go, Animal State owns the, uh, series lead 8, 18, 6, and 1, so, uh, you know, so, um, history has not been on the side of UCO in these in these matchups, but uh, I definitely am confident here. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely confident here. UCO again heads in with some momentum. Uh, you know, I used to they started one and two, and then uh, you know finished stretch on there with just two losses. So. Uh, you know that's that's pretty good. Go six and two uh, down the stretch after that uh, rough start to the to the season. Um, but uh, a little bit a little bit about Angelo State. Uh, they come in averaging thirty three point three points per game. Uh, they allow twenty seven point nine. Um, let's see here. They come in averaging uh rush on on the ground they average 3.8 yards to carry 164.2 yards a game and have 16 rushing touchdowns on the season and then passing wise uh they have thrown uh for 3,074 yards. Uh, they average 279 yards a game through the air. Uh, 24 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. And then total offense, they average 443 yards a game and have scored 46 touchdowns on the season. Now, they have allowed 
uh, 27 points a game, uh, 127.2 rushing yards a game at a 3.3 yards per carry. And through the air, have allowed uh, 22 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, uh, and 3,028 yards. And for a total on games, here, I was 404, 402.5 yards a game. So, uh, you know, definitely... Um, you know, uh, both balanced on on on, uh, on uh, offense there. Um, you know, I, I think we're looking here on third downs. Another key I was looking here is the third downs. Um, they are 39.6% on third downs, and the opponents are 32.9%. So, they do a pretty good job of getting opponents off the field. Um, they have 32 sacks on the season, and I'm going to mention one guy that has about half those sacks. Uh, and then they also have 12 fumbles, um, lost five. Now, opponents have 23 fumbles and lost nine. So, again, um, and then in the red zone here. Uh, they have 35 or 46 opponents are 19 or 26 and then as far as touchdowns go uh they got 24 out of those 20 out of those 46 times opponents have 15 touchdowns so that what that what that's telling me here is that in the red zone uh for UCO can definitely strike here because they've only allowed they've only yeah they only got four non-touchdown scores uh allowed so um you know, that's, that's, that's going to be big. I don't know the status of Chandler Garrett coming in there, but as I mentioned before, Chandler Garrett um, is a very key part of the goal line offense uh, with with, uh, with what my man Peter Agnich called, called the Wild Bronco uh, last year. It has been very effective uh, in the goal line and short yardage. And ever since he's, he's kind of been out, they moved uh, Clay McKenzie into that role. It has worked some, uh, not as efficiently as Chandler Garrett did. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, he will be back. Uh, now again, uh, Will Collins can can indeed run. Uh, he ran for what 200 yards in the important state game. So Will Collins can run. I just know that they prefer on a goal line package there to get a little bit more beef in there uh, with Chandler Garrett. Uh, so. Um, but, but but that that is definitely an, an area there, uh, you know. When excuse me, that, that, that's, that's definitely an area where uh, I think you still can definitely strike here. Um, you still should be able to get into the red zone. Um, again, um, you know, Will Collins has has played pretty good football as of as of late. Now, also, uh, you know, I mentioned at the end of the last podcast too that. Dustin Boskis was kind of was kind of banged up there. I don't know his status, but um, you know, Yushu uh, definitely has a heavy talent uh, out wide. I, th- I think to be able to get their fair share of uh, red zone attempts. Uh, now, looking here for the individual uh, stats here for for uh, Angelo State, uh, their leading rusher is Nathan Tyre Tyree, 5'9", 180 pounds, um, has 864 yards. And seven touchdowns on 207 uh, attempts, averaging 4.2 yards a carry, uh, 78 yards a game. And then um, the second leading rusher actually is their starting quarterback, Payne Sullins, uh, 6'2, 210 pounds, um, 331 yards, two touchdowns, averaging 3.1 yards a carry. Um, he also has thrown. 
for uh, 2,086 yards, 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions on a 64% on a 54% completion percentage. Uh, now he also has split time though with two other quarterbacks. Uh, most notably is Charlie Rotherham, uh, 6-1-195. He has appeared in nine games, has thrown uh, seven touchdowns, four picks. Uh, 156 yards, uh, 58% completion percentage. And then Carson Cook has appeared in six games. Uh, he's 6'3", 215, uh, with two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, uh, 91 yards, and 77.78% completion. So it looks to me as if the better passer here uh, is indeed Charlie Rotherham just when the completion percentage. Now, also, he has thrown about half the passes uh, that Payne Solons has. Um, so, I do know that Payne Solons is a legit running threat. He has 445 yards before the sad totals come in here. So, uh, you know, Payne Solons is a guy that I imagine you're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, I'm not sure how fast he is, but we do know that he is a mobile quarterback. Uh, it's not the first time you still have faced a, a mobile quarterback. As a matter of fact, in the old majority of their games, they have faced a mobile quarterback and have, has most of the time, uh, has done well defending that. I like to think there would be no, uh, no difference here. Um, and then, um, and then the only other running back of note here uh, is Tony Jones, uh, 6'1", 215, uh, 187 yards on one touchdown. Um, and then uh, out wide now. Out wide is what kind of concerns me because they have two quality receivers. Uh, they have two quality receivers here in, in, uh, in, in, in Lawson Ayo and uh, Kiki Chisholm. Okay, those 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 two guys right there concern me here because you got two guys, uh, both very good receivers. Um, Lawson Ao here uh, is the team's leading receiver in terms of yards: 55 catches, 980 yards, seven touchdowns, um, out to 17.8 yards a catch. Uh, and a 6-1-195, and then Kiki Chisholm uh, leads and catches. Uh, the 6'4", 210-pound sophomore, has 62 catches for every 800 yards, five touchdowns, and an average of 12.9 yards a catch. So here you got some size here uh, on the... Um, on the on the outside now the last time they have faced a team with similar size if i'm not mistaken was central missouri for homecoming and they did give them problems now that now that 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 was the game where uh jacari had on the hunt did put one of their dudes in a neck brace which did uh which did assist uh a, a lot there but um it, it seems to be the very similar size of the same duo that, that Central Missouri had um and again they were able uh, to, to hold them um uh you know uh in that in that win um but you know yeah guys I mean you know we, we talking about Mr Mr Lawson here I mean you're averaging uh almost 18 yards catch that that is really impressive so um you know that it's gonna it's gonna definitely test uh O'Shea Harris's first team first team uh 
honestly, hey, this is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be testing here. Uh, this is also going to, gonna test Malik Walker. Uh, Colby Underwood is another guy that has come on late. Uh, he had very impressive games, uh, down the stretch. Uh, I think he probably would, would see some reps. And you got, uh, Jordan Noyle, the kid, the K State transfer, uh, Dion Hallman, the Ball State transfer. Uh, so they still got some guys back there. Um, yeah, I think can yeah, get the job done, but I, I, I definitely, especially the uh, the six four, just 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 the size alone. Now, thankfully for UCO here, uh, this is where the uh, the the the, the uh, new transfers have, have have come in to help here because both Dion Hallman and Jordan Noyle are six four taller, and then um, and then uh, O'Shea I believe is six one, and then Malik Walker is I believe six one or six two. So at least from a size standpoint here, uh, ever since they made the switch from Kobe Underwood, uh, it has been better. Uh, I liked what what I what I saw um, out of them last uh, out of them in the in the Emporia State game. Uh, yeah, I mean you know I I did, I did an Emporia State game uh, in the game because Emporia also ran the ball efficiently in in in, in that in that uh, in that game also also helped too. So I think stopping the ground game, uh, you know, I mean if if you make if you make a team one dimensional, um, you know, it, it makes it let me like easier, uh, you know, whether that whether that be on the you know the, the run of the pass. Um, but that being said, you, when you limit them, you have to make sure that you're able to still stop the one dimension. I mean, that 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 that'd be the equivalent of saying uh, that you stop the England's running game, but you still don't stop Tom Brady, and then you still lose the game. So you're gonna need to still still um, you know stop stop both here. But uh, but but as far as offensive goes here, uh. You know, Yusuf's defense has 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 done has has done done good the past couple of weeks. So you know, Emporia, Emporia to me, I think, uh, I think is definitely a a good test because, uh, you know, they they had they had a solid running back in Landon Nall and then a running quarterback in uh, Braxton Marshall. So uh, I, I think you might see something similar here from uh, Angelo State offensively um now defensively here defensively is where i'm somewhat concerned of UCL because um especially up front okay because they have uh marcus jones a uh defensive end i believe he's like six two six three two sixty <clears throat> uh now you now remember a minute ago here how i mentioned uh they have 30 they have, uh, they have about 30 sacks on the season. 30 sacks. They have 32 sacks on the season. Uh, Marcus Jones has 15 of those sacks. As a matter of fact, Marcus Jones is one of the eight finalists for the Gene Upshaw Award, which is for the best lineman in all Division Two. I believe he leads Division Two in sacks, and I think his second. And no, 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 he's first in tackles and tackles tackles for loss. Uh, with the 34, and I was reading on their website that the, that the second guy, the second national leader, is 12 and a half behind him, and then he is second in the nation sack of 15. So Marcus Jones is definitely going to to demand. I would I would go on a limb and say would demand a double team. 
I'm just saying, and Marcus Jones here um, seems to be getting out after 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 the quarterback. Now you know I don't know what side he's on. Uh, whether that whether that be the side of uh, Noah Hammonds or Jacob Blair, but I still would like to think here that you would still. Uh, I think th- this is where Dante McGee might earn his money um, because him, uh, Marshall Tolson, uh, Daxter Williams, and uh, Isaiah Jackson here are going to definitely need to bring the A-game blocking while I didn't find out how to keep that. I know they do a good job um, uh, as 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 blockers. I'm sure Dr. McGee did not get the all-conference honor as for his receiving prowesses here. Uh, it is definitely for his, for his blocking skills. Um, so they're gonna definitely need to 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 uh, give Marcus Jones a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of attention. Uh, if you look outside of him, uh, the second leading sack leader here is uh, is Jake Ray. He's another lineman. He has five sacks on the season. So um, the defensive line is going is, is definitely going to be a test. Uh, it's it's going to be going to be a test there again. We have the guy here. Top two in tackle for loss is Sacks. Um, outside of him, um, the, the two leading tacklers here are both linebackers. Um, Grant Ashenbeck, uh, 68 tackles, no, 110 tackles on the season, eight for loss, two sacks. And then, um, and then, uh, Cal Hunter, um, 108 tackles, four for loss, and half sack. Um, so, uh, you know, so, 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 you know, so, it, you know, it, it's definitely to me here, as, as looking at the stats here, nothing outside of the defense really stood out to me. It's it just, when you see a guy with 15 and a half sacks, I mean, it just, that, that man can really disrupt you because even if he's not actually making the sacks, if, 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 if he's still forcing Will Collins to, to, you know, roll, to whether he's on the right side or, or, or the left side, you know, well, there you're already limiting uh, Will Collins' options because you can't, you could, because you, you are limiting the side in which he can throw. I'm mean, sure Will Collins could throw back, back across his body, but that's, that is a huge no no. Um, and, and, and then, and then on top of that, on top of forcing the guy here, I mean, you could just be forcing the man to throw the ball early. That could, yeah, that could lead to some interceptions here or, or some incompletions. Um, you know, so, and, and, and then, and then if he doesn't get back to you, you still have to commit two, uh, two guys to him, uh, which could free up other guys. Again, you have, uh, Jake Ray here, five seconds on the season. Um, so you know that that's gonna it's a little interesting there because if you have to keep a Dante McGee in there, you know then that kind of takes away you know a little little tight and slip out option there, uh, or if you have to just um, or if you have to have Clay McKinney chip him, uh, that that's that that's that's still an option there that you lost out of the, out of the backfield. Clay McKenzie is a very good receiver uh, out of the out of the out of the backfield, and, and or you just decide to commit two two linemen to him. Uh, then it's you know you still you still so it, it it's gonna be tough there, um, 
I, I, I know Cliff Webeck on numerous times has said that he likes to count on the front. Um, and I know that he takes he takes pride in that is that is that is his his unit. Uh, so I would like to think here they're gonna be they're gonna be ready uh, for the uh, for the task. And finally, um, as far as special teams go here, the kicking. Um, Connor Flanagan is 16 of 21 uh, with a log of 44. So um, you got a kicker here that that, that has some range. Um, and then punting, what now? Now punting wise here, punting punting wise is also where I think UCO here could make some big plays happen because uh, punter Gabriel uh, uh, Gidley has had four punts blocked. Okay, so now that we, we think he has four punts blocked here. Uh, this is what Tyler Hong has been an excellent special teams coach. Um, so uh, this this, uh, this season here uh, can definitely help the offense out. Um, if they can somehow block a punt, we, we saw several block punts uh, this this past weekend uh, across calls called um, football, and I, I, I think we saw the impact of that that they had in those uh, in those games there. Uh, I think if you still can get can get a block there, uh, that would be huge. Uh, not only from a momentum uh, stake there, but you know, depending on where on where where it's set there, could be short short fields. And then in the in the return game, um, they also need to be aware of Larry Johnson uh, on kickoff returns here. He has twelve returns of 417 yards and two touchdowns, including a long of 94. So, uh, again, so it's, it's, it's definitely going to be another test here for Tyler Holland, but again, uh, special, special, special teams unit, I would say, ever since that Washburn game uh, has just been uh, solid. Uh, that Washburn game, they, they, they did a great job in coverage unit right there. I know Washburn had to start deep in their territory uh, numerous times, uh, so uh, and and then he's called, you know, and then, then he's he's called a perfectly executed uh, fake field goal. Um, so you know, uh, you know, again, we still here. I, I think you're heading. I think both teams are heading in with a moment with uh, momentum here. Um, you know, I do like UCO's chances. Uh, I, I think UCO has faced a lot of adversity this season. Uh, they've proven that they can win with whoever is 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 out there. Uh, which is again, which is to me is a, is a huge testament there to uh, to the coaching staff and the character and the and leadership uh, of the uh, of the of the leaders on the uh, on the team. Um, so again, I, I like to think here. Um, that you that if if you still comes out and 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 they they're able to you know they've, they've had a couple of couple of weeks off here they can get some guys healthy they can get Dustin Boskis back uh they can get uh Nick George back I don't, I don't know what what, what what his injury was um but you know if, if they could if they could get some guys back uh you know I, I I definitely definitely think here um you know that that they they got a chance uh, they have a chance outside of UCLA has a chance in in every game just the way that they played it just depends on which which team you're getting if if you're, if you're getting the team that um, kind of laid an egg against Kearney 
you know, they look in trouble if you if you if you're getting the team that dominated uh Northwest Missouri State, who was actually in the playoffs, you know, then you got a pretty good shot to win, uh to win. So uh again, it should be a very good matchup. I look forward to bringing you the uh results of that. Um now I do want to conclude here. Uh, I mentioned uh I do have Christmas break here pretty soon, and I'm not sure. Uh, how often I'm going to uh, post during the break? I would actually like to take the break here. Um, I do know, I do know for a fact though that we will have at least two more podcasts uh, this uh, this year. We, we, we will have the recap of the bowl game that will be next week, and then um, we will have a season, a, kind of a season review. Now I'm I'm trying again. Um, Trying to trying to trying to get something set up behind the scenes again that I think you all will like, but if that if that falls through, uh, definitely we will we will, we, will, we will still have it. I do have a plan A and a, and a plan B. Hoping plan A works out. Um, I think you will definitely uh, uh, enjoy it. And then um, from that point, um, I think what 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 I might do on that point is if I do end up catching a couple of UCO basketball games, then I think I will I will make one discussing basketball, uh, you know just 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 one uh, we'll just we'll combine both men's and women's here, uh, kind of briefly discuss them what I what I what I've seen uh, compare them kind of last year, the style differences and whatnot, and then probably. Maybe after after that, we probably won't pick up again until probably sometime, sometime probably probably in January. Uh, I I have some specials um, that I'm I'm mulling around in my head here, uh, trying to get done, uh, trying to get set up here, so we can kind of have this podcast going somewhat. It'll mainly be uh it'll mainly be some some interviews. Probably uh, after the new year is, is definitely probably going to be a lot more one-on-one interviews, um, just because I feel like that is time to uh, do so. Um, so uh, we're going to try to get that done. So um, again, that's something to look forward to in the near future. But uh, again, uh, UCO takes on Angelo State in the Champ Heart Texas Bowl uh, December first. Kickoff scheduled for 4.05, weird time, but it is 4.05 p.m. Um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's gonna be aired on the uh, MIAA network. If if it is, uh, I will definitely be watching that. Um, and uh, so I, I look forward to bringing you uh, those uh, results. So um, that's, so that's gonna do it. Uh, my name is JG Smooth. And I'll talk to you all later. Bye, have a beautiful time.